Welcome to the Longview Podcast, a show for Catholic school teachers, Catholic school teachers, and anyone who works to form young people in the faith. I'm Joe. And I'm Elizabeth, and we're here to bring you conversation, contemplation, and some food for thought. So grab your red pen, your favorite beverage, and enjoy. Joe, how's your bracket? (laughs) My bracket is terrible. It's kind of just like your bracket. Uh, We both picked Xavier just because Xavier is a Jesuit school. And apparently we're both cheering for the wrong Jesuit school. (laughs) It's all about Loyola these days. Mm -hmm. And how cute is Sister Jean? She's pretty awesome. I try to model. I'm lucky to be the chaplain um, for the varsity basketball team at at my school and she's everything i'm not (laughs) (laughs) a woman a religious very old and what else she sends apparently she sends a little commentary to the coaching staff about each player (laughs) i would never do that you're not that Mm hands-on well one of these days it's good for you to have role models to look up to like Mm -hmm. like father pete mccormick who's the chaplain for notre dame's basketball team he yeah he um he's also the one that married us yeah he well no we married each other but he witnessed our wedding <laughs> we could say we could say it like that and uh yeah we should have a sound effect for any catechetical moments like dun 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 <laughs> <or> like, <laughs> truth bomb <laughs> like i don't know okay but uh yeah so you have father pete in your corner and you have sister jean in your corner mm-hmm. maybe one day you'll be as good as them but anyway my bracket busted i was i like had a like i was out in front early and i was talking big and bragging about my bracket to the people in my bracket pools and now i am really really behind but there's always next year Mm-hmm. well at least they can focus on holy week now happy holy week holy holy week yes happy holy week <laughs> we survived mass with small children and palms and no one's eyes got poked out mm-hmm had small children standing on the pew holding their palms over their head and yelling Hosanna, which we did not anticipate. We did not coach. It just happened mm-hmm. as the spirit was moving them. But now we can embrace the passion, suffering, death, and resurrection of our Lord, which is very similar to just our marriage. <laughs> <laughs> There's always resurrection. Well, Today we have an awesome guest, um, my good friend, our good friend, Beth Burrell, who is one of our Dallas advocates, Dallas Ace advocates, and she has been in Dallas quite a while and welcomed us here. I remember actually wanted to tell this story um, about my very first memory of Beth, which was, I think it was the first morning that I lived in Dallas. I didn't have like a coffee maker yet or anything. So I went across the street to this coffee shop. Uh and I was sitting there drinking coffee and I looked up and in walks this woman wearing an ace shirt and I nearly like fell out of my chair because I was brand new to Dallas and didn't know anybody. And I later came to find out it was our good friend Beth. And she is currently a teacher at Bishop Lynch Catholic High School, one of our um, diocesan schools here in Dallas, and we're so happy to welcome her to the podcast. Hi, Beth. 
Hi, thanks for having me. How? Now, I'm, now I'm trying to remember which Ace shirt that was I was wearing. What color? I think it was brown, if I remember correctly. Do you have a brown one? Oh, okay. Or there khaki? I don't know. Um, I do from one of the yeah from one of the summers that I helped out. So I feel like wow. I feel like it, it, I'm surprised that that's really the only time I can remember spotting someone in an Ace shirt and being like, oh, I should know you. I don't. Does that does that ever happen to you? Do you ever see anybody in an Ace shirt and be like, who are you? No, I mean, only on, if I'm up, up on campus, but no, no, never really around here. So, yeah. But I just had this, like, so funny. Very, oh, very vivid memory of you walking into Half Price yep. Books and being like, I should know her. Yep. <laughs> it was a great yeah, welcome to Yeah, you spend a lot of time there, so. <laughs> yes. It's, it's a good place to be. Um, it is. So you've been in Dallas since uh, how long? A long time. I came to Dallas in 2000, so right after undergrad, um, Ace placed me here in Dallas, and yeah, so I moved in, what, end of July 2000, and I've been here ever been since. Been here ever since. So you were an Ace <laughs> 7? I've been here ever since. I was an, I was an Ace 7. 7. Wow. Single digits. So in the single digit yeah. years. Yeah. The glory days, and you have <laughs> watched Ace. Wow. Can you believe that they just welcomed the 25s? Isn't that crazy? I, I saw I saw it on Twitter um, something about Father Luke who in, welcoming the class, and I just about had a heart attack. So I mean, between celebrating a big birthday and that, I was like, nope, I can't handle too many, too many big numbers. <laughs> you have had right you now. had a, an excellent an excellent birthday with a round number on it recently. We won't we won't say what number it was, but yes, you wear it well, Beth. You wear yeah. it very well. Yeah. Thank you. Um, there was a student who came to give a pass to my class on Friday and I my back was to the door and I was sitting down um, at a student table and the kid said there's no teacher in here and I was just I, I just wanted to give him a hug I said oh my gosh thank you yes, I am a student I thank fit right much. in with the students yes mm-hmm. I love it so tell us about what you're teaching at Bishop Lynch so I am currently teaching German so I teach all four levels of German, and that's kind of part of my job. And then the other half of my job, I serve as the instructional technology coordinator. So I'm getting to teach kids and, in a sense, work with the teachers. Um, and I've been doing that now for six years, I think, maybe seven. Prior to that, I had um, I also worked in the English department where I taught sophomore English, and then I taught at my A school for two years and then stayed there for a third so, wow, so you yeah you've been a all lot over of areas but now yeah so, are you the now, are you the only german, german teacher in tech i am the only german teacher at my school and as far as i know the only one in the diocese of dallas in a catholic school i have a counterpart at um nolan mm-hmm. high school catholic high school in fort worth so we've kind of become our own like professional learning community and we talk to each other a lot and send many emails because we don't, you know, we don't have anyone else, anyone else to kind of bounce ideas off of. So what's it, what's it like to just, to just, uh-huh. uh, you know, kind of, did you start the German program? Like, are you, that's just totally your, your creation or your, um, um, it was, uh, yeah, it's not my, my creation. Um, when I was applying to transfer from, like a K-8 school setting to high school, uh, most of my resumes, I was just looking for English teaching positions because that was my main content area and major in college. 
And Bishop Lynch at the time was slowly growing German, and they had just um, lost a language teacher that was, I think, Latin and German, kind of another interesting combination. So when I interviewed, they said, oh, and you know German. So I started to interview in German and (laughs) um, started just teaching, yeah. Uh, I kind of knew, like, a few days beforehand that there was going to be some German talk, so I, like, crammed a little bit. But, <laughs> yeah, so I, I did levels levels one and two, and we had another teacher who did German three and then eventually added German four, and then I slowly continued to take uh, more more courses and summer programs, and then that's, it's, now it's just me. So wow. I am the Frau. The so, Frau. Yeah. The Frau. And did you take... I'm the Frau. I mean, you took German in undergrad, or how good was your German? I I did. So I had the four years of high school, and I took some German in undergrad. And then the summer before I started at Bishop Lynch, it was kind of fortuitous that I was singing in the St. Rita Choir, and we were going on tour to Germany. Mm. And I went, I went ahead... I want to say two weeks prior to the tour and I went back to stay with my host family that I had during the summer of high school. Um, and I just said, Hey, host mom and dad, don't speak to me in English. And I just kind of went full immersion for two weeks and a lot of it came back. Um, and then I continued to take summer classes who like to go to Institute, um, and, and other programs kind of to, yeah. To, to get to the point where I'm like, oh, yeah, I could do three and four again. Yeah. So, um, and teaching it, my German is so much better than than it ever was. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I was, I, so that's I, kind of how I got German, yeah. No, I, I can totally relate as, like, as a, as a math teacher. But then, like, you know, it was, it was kind of unexpected. But then by being forced to teach it, suddenly – you know, years later, like students see you as this expert when it's like, well, that wasn't necessarily right. my, uh, my, my start to teaching, but yeah, you know, that's what, that's what I have to offer. So suddenly, right. oh, that's really cool. I didn't know that. Well, it's like you've yeah. taken algebra one, like 12 times now. So <laughs> <laughs> if you're yeah. not the expert right. at this point, right. <laughs> there's a problem. Right. Right. Is the demand high at BL oh. for, for German? Have you just become such an institution that they, you know, the demand is just out for, you got to take Frau at, uh, Mr. what do you go by? <laughs> Frau Burau. <laughs> um, I try to, I try to stick by like Frau Burau and, and like it rhymes, see, Frau Burau, <laughs> but it tends up just being Frau and I'm certain I probably have colleagues that only know me by Frau. <laughs> I'm not really sure. Or I don't know. Because most kids are like, oh, hey, Frau. Even I help with senior retreat. And since I don't have um, sophomore English students anymore, I don't I don't know as many students. So that's the downside. Mm. Um, um, I'm, I'm affecting change in other ways. So I <laughs> kids will just be like, hey, Frau, hey, Frau. Because that's even how I'm introduced at retreat. So I just, I embrace it. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would assume I'll, that the... I'll take it off. I would assume that the other side of it is that you, since you're the only German teacher, you have such an intimate uh, relationship with those students to have walked with them, you know, from freshman to senior year. Oh, mm-hmm. most definitely, yeah, because our, our requirement is minimum of two years, so I at least have them for two years if they decide to, to stick with, with German, 
But, man, I'm telling you, yeah, those German fours, I know them too well. <laughs> but they also know me too. They know me too well. I mean, it's a very, it's a very different classroom dynamic, too. And I think that's why the young man who walked in with a, with a pass for one of them thought, oh, there's no teacher because, you know, we can sit together, right. and, you know, in a circle and discuss and yeah, yeah, that's probably like a really it's unique, a typical classroom. Yeah, that's a really unique teaching situation. I mean, who? I'm trying to think of a, of a time when you would have the same teacher three or four years mm-hmm. of, of your whole life. Like that's unless you're homeschooled mm-hmm. and your parent is your teacher. I mean, that's really a rare situation right. um, to have that kind of relationship with kids. I mean, I thought it was great that I had some of my kids two years in a row, you know, and get to see them for right. two years. But gosh, four must be really. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Tell us about your, like, getting into teaching. Like, do you think you're a teacher on purpose or on accident? Hmm. I would say that teaching was part of me. It just took a while for me to figure that out. I was the kid on campus who, even though I was an English major, um, I tacked on computer applications like get a real job right <laughs> <laughs> my parents were always really worried um but I was the one I was the student who would infiltrate any and all college fairs on campus so I would go to the college of business and I would go to the college of engineering like I didn't care if I knew the content and if they were looking for an accountant fine but here hey I can communicate I'm an English major so I was handing out resumes left and right thinking oh, I'm going to do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I, I applied to ACE and I wrote my application and I come from a whole family of teachers. Like I should have seen the writing on the <laughs> wall. Um, but it took, it really took me saying yes to doing ACE and like reneging on an offer that I had taken in the business world to to realize that it's, it's a calling, but it's in my blood, and I don't think I could have escaped it. I mean, I always say, I mean, my my poor dad by trade wasn't a teacher, but I, but I always remind him, I'm like, Dad, you retaught me all of Algebra run, 1 and 8th grade <laughs> at the kitchen table. True. Because every night I would come home crying, and he did. He came, and he, my dad retaught all of Algebra 1, and, um... That, so, I had the exact same experience. I had the exact same experience at the kitchen table with my dad. My mom recycled yep. every scrap of paper she ever that ever came through our house, and there were these stacks of half sheets of paper that were printed on one side <laughs> and blank on the other. And I can just remember sitting there with my dad with those half sheets of paper, and he would just work yeah. with me on every single Working. one, every one of them. Yeah. Gosh, how many dads yeah. do you and think just like have my done teacher, that? Always, always pencil. Always pencil. Oh gosh. Yeah. Always pencil. And if I brought my dad a mechanical yeah. pencil, he would he would just smirk and look at me and go, "What is this? Give me a real pencil." <laughs> my dad didn't put up with mechanical <laughs> pencils. Not patient. What a Ticonderoga. That's exactly right. yeah. exactly. Yeah. But no, yeah, my mom's a teacher, my brother's a teacher, my sister-in-law is a teacher, my aunt's cousins, like my uncle was a professor. Like it's just I don't know. I just I feel like. I needed Ace to, to give me that little push. Yeah. So. At what point did you? At what point did you say like I'm all in? Um, it probably was easily that first summer of Ace. Mm, wow. I love, 
um, that student teaching experience. Like anytime I had to do like service projects or I'm telling you like any Girl Scout badge or even like my gold awards stuff, any volunteering, everything was always like kid related. Um, granted, I had most of my time with like younger kids, elementary, pre-K, um, and I would certainly help my mom with stuff for her classroom. She's an art, uh, was an art teacher. But um, I just, I loved it. I loved lesson planning. I'm like weird like that. <laughs> I love, I love it. I don't like grading. Um, but it was summer school. So I was placed, so my eighth placement was pre-K through eight computers. And my summer teaching position in South Bend was first and second grade science. Oh, gosh. So, um, in yeah. So talk about coming up with lesson plans on the fly. So, yeah. And I don't even think, like, I feel like most I of summer it. school is, like, reading or math. So science, gosh, I can't yeah. even imagine filling up lesson plans yep. for science for first and second grade. Yeah. Yeah. I, d I pulled in a lot of my art backgrounds and all my summers of working for um, uh, summer art camps, I just kind of like, okay, we're going to do, you know, inner core, outer core, mantle, crust, but now we're going to do circles and talk about concentric circles. Mm. I mean, I just, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I threw in a lot of kind of art and, and to some degree math into that as well. But, um, you know, I just, I thrived and I loved it. Um, wasn't sure how that was going to help me teach computers because <laughs> most of that was about a month of classroom management, like, hey, don't pull the mouse out of the CPU, and what's the CPU, and, like, I'm, like, I'm teaching fourth graders, like, parts of a computer, so, yeah, that first year was, was fun, and I did, and that was another thing, first year was pre-K through eighth grade, so I would teach an eighth grade class, and then I'd teach a first grade class, oh, and wow. then I'd teach a fifth grade class, and then I'd have a third grade, so it was this constant roller coaster, and I, I loved it, I was, also a lot younger than so, um I had the energy I had the energy for it so that first year is exhausting I, I mean I mean I just every time I meet yeah. a first year teacher I just encourage them by saying the best part about the first year of teaching is you never have to do it again you never have to be a first year teacher mm -hmm. again right because it just mm -hmm. does you just go home completely wiped every day yeah right yeah yeah but the community helps I mean, living with other people, going through the same thing. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, Benefit that's really true. That built-in support network. Yeah. It's really true. And they were in the thick of it, too. Well, today we are going to be looking at um, a gospel that you've picked out for us, Beth, of um, the story of Martha and Mary. So we're going to enter now into our uh, short time of prayer and I'll ask Joe to read the gospel for us. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. As they continued their journey, he entered a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary who sat beside the Lord at his feet, listening to him speak. Martha, burdened with much serving, came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do the serving? Tell her to help me. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her.
What am I anxious and worried about? When am I able to sit beside Jesus at his feet and listen to him speak? Do I let myself sit beside Jesus and listen to him speak? Imagine now that you are welcoming Jesus into your home. So take this time to speak to him. What do you wish to say to him? A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. As they continued their journey, he entered a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary who sat beside the Lord at his feet, listening to him speak. Martha, burdened with much serving, came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do the serving? Tell her to help me. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Beth, I love that you picked this gospel. It's one of my very favorites. And I just, what it, what stands out to you? I was, I was certainly drawn to this um, when you were when you had said, "Oh, I, like pick a gospel," and I was reminded of this might have been before you guys were married, actually, mm-hmm. um, having a discussion and borrowing a book from you. Mm-hmm. Which, mind you, I think I kept that book for like two years and <laughs> finally gave it back to you, and I honestly don't remember if I ever finished it. But I think just in kind of where I've been at this year. And just my even my whole life and things going on at school and in in my personal life and and also kind of thinking about now Holy Week that I'm such a Martha and I (laughs) I don't take the time to be Mary um, and I thrive in the doing constant doing because it keeps me busy but then my mind isn't where it needs to be. Um, and I, I certainly kind of see that as we enter Holy Week. I'm like, have I really been paying attention in preparation for Easter? What have I been doing? And, and I can certainly see myself so much in this gospel as the one saying, right, like, hey, you're not helping. Why aren't, why aren't you doing this? And why aren't you helping in this aspect, whether it's, you know, at school or or things that have been going on in our school community recently. Like for me, dealing with things, um, it was easier just to do when I need to be taking the time to have that merry moment and just listen to the Lord and figure out what is he saying and, hey, is, is he supposed to be teaching? Sometimes i got to let him teach me, and I can't always be the teacher, even though that's hmm. who I am by mm-hmm. nature. Mm-hmm. So um, that's, yeah, it's just, it was so interesting because I, t- I tend to go to to Matthew a lot um, or I love the parables. And I don't know, I, I started this list 
and all of a sudden I'm like, no, like this is where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. And this is the gospel um, for me. So, yeah, I, that's kind of how it all, um, so I think it is just that, especially probably, I don't remember what person over, but, um, or Martha's just, you know, I'm the one who's burdened. Um, Yeah. And, but hey, uh, Mary's, Mary's has the better part. Um, like just, just sit and, and be, be with me. It's it's funny that I'm paraphrasing that correctly. No, Sorry. it's when I when I was rereading this, I didn't realize it was burdened with much serving. It wasn't just like Martha who's just like, you know, busy just doing whatever. But uh, but the fact that they use the word mm-hmm. burdened, but burdened with much serving, like you know, and we talk about you know serve others and just you know the love that you've received and just give and share it all away and just serve serve serve. But then like. Um, I mean, I think it's beautifully said the way that I, I think it was un- unintentional how, you know, here you are talking about your vocation as teacher, but then also um, how much time do we let other people teach us, you know, or let Jesus teach us, which is uh, mm-hmm. that was a really good image and how important that is for sure. I, I remember that book club we had, Beth, and um, I gave you that book. In fact, I had that book in my hands this week, and what I was the book. What's the book? The book is called "Having a Oh My God, Having a Merry Heart in a Martha uh, World," and it just talks about oh, there we go. Yep. The you know the world that we live in. It's all about do do do. That your value is based on what you do and what you produce, and how do we um how do we sit and be Mary in a world that's just forcing us to be Martha? Um, and it's so funny that you, that you brought that up because I was just, I had that book in my hand this week and I was thinking about you and how that you had given it back to me so apologetically. Like, I'm so sorry. I kept this forever. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I know. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm a Martha too. And, um, it always kind of irks me. Like this one is really a really hard gospel for me because it's like, how come, how come Mary has a better part? I'm like, how come Jesus doesn't say, like, Martha, thank you for serving. Like, you, well done, good and faithful servant. Like, that's all yeah. my Martha Hart wants to hear. Mm-hmm. But what I hear is, well, there's a need of only one thing, and Mary chose the better part, and it will not be taken from her, so sit down, Martha. Like, I mean, like, it's just, that's what I really wrestle with. I really <laughs> struggle with it. Yeah. No. No, I, that, that angers me, too, and, and I think... <laughs> as I was rereading it earlier, I just had to remember, like, maybe that, that is the lesson that, I don't know, maybe because there are so many more Marthas that it's, we just need to take, take that time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if we can and, and, and find when we can. Yeah. For me, some of it has to do with like an inability to trust. Like, I, I, I feel like, you know, anxiety is an issue that so many people deal with and certainly something that I deal with and that a lot of it for me comes down to an inability to trust that God's going to handle it. And I feel like I overcome my anxiety or I try to overcome my anxieties by doing like, if I can just do this one thing, then it will make this fear and this anxiety go away. Like I'll just, I'll take matters into my own hands instead of turning it over to God and opening up my hands and just letting him take it um that i yeah i kind of 
I don't want to just sit and be because my mind races and it's too hard to, to just sit there. And so I said, right. I just get up and I'll go do all the things like <laughs> this morning. Mm-hmm. God was right. speaking to me loud and clear because I got up early and instead of like, I got up, every, the house was quiet. Everybody was asleep. It was dark. I made coffee. And instead of sitting down with my book or like sitting down to, you know, read over the very long Palm Sunday gospel ahead of time, I decided I was going <laughs> to, I was going to do, I was going to clean up the kitchen. I was going to uh, straighten up the table in the kitchen and it was stumbling around in the dark and I had not had my coffee yet. And I banged my toe against a chair and I've been limping around all day. <laughs> like It was a message from God being like, just sit down, drink your coffee, read something nice and just be for a few minutes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. It's hard. Yeah. It is hard. It is hard. And I think, too, I like, in the doing, you have so much more control, and I think that's hard mm-hmm. to relinquish as well because as a teacher, I mean, you have this captive audience. Well, hopefully. Am I entertaining enough? Um, but but I am the one kind of in charge for in my own little kingdom for a while. Um, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard to give that yeah, up as well. So even just thinking about the whole Lenten season and there has been so much to do. And I think even like in conjunction with our school calendar, like if it's, you know, it goes from, um, I'm trying to think now by date, but it's missions and it's the end of the quarter and, um, uh, we've had some loss at our school and then we have less complaining now and now we have to get ready for, uh, well, even less, but I've got to get ready for prom coming up or, you know, there's just, it's like, there's always something like going on. Um, and I feel like I've been so in that, that even though I'm like, oh, I know it's Lent, we have massive cool. I'm not doing some of the other things that I may have been able to do in, in the fall and just, yeah, and when you bring up boom, like, boom, 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 boom. all the things that happen at a school, all the all the work that needs to be done, it's legitimate work that needs to be done. It's not just like frivolous stuff. Right. You know, it's not just, oh, being busy for the sake of being busy. And when you look around and see, you know, that those jobs, balls are being dropped or people aren't doing them, it is really hard as a Martha kind of person to just sit around and be like, well, whatever, that retreat won't go off. It won't happen because, you know, so-and-so decided not to do it. <laughs> You know, Martha's are the ones who are going to stay late and come in early and make sure it happens because that work does need to be done and it is important work. Um, and so that is a really hard balance to know when to say, that's okay, that's all, that's all I can do. And when to say, no, I, I got to dig deep here and serve for my community. Mm-hmm. I think what's hard for me is... You know, um, that this has actually been my New Year's resolution. Um, did we talk about this on a podcast before? I don't think so. Um, but I told this to my – I shared this with my students too. I have second semester seniors. And if they ever find out that I'm doing a podcast or that they realize that I'm talking about them, <laughs> it'll probably be, put me in trouble. But I told them at the beginning of, of January, it's like, hey, guys, like here's my New Year's resolution. Um <laughs> less doing and more being <laughs> and then you know mm. told them as, as second semester seniors like i'm sure that it speaks to them 
where, you know, instead of feeling like, uh, you know, just go, 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 do, do, do one thing, get that stuff on my plate, get the stuff on my plate. Like, I actually just want to enjoy what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so for them, as much as like, you know, they can just race to the end of the semester and, you know, all right, senior year, college, let's go. Like, like this is like high school and especially the second semester, just to be able to enjoy it, enjoy the time with your friends and like, yes, you know, maybe it's not a lot of pressure to graduate and just you're, you're, you're already accepted into college and you just might want to just ride it out. But like, you know, when will you have this smaller community? When will you have these types of friendships and, and to really just enjoy right. it rather than just let that slip away. And I find myself, it's so easy. Like mon- like Monday, it's like, all right, what do I need to do to get to Friday? Like, um, you know, and I try to twist it to them and say, you know, instead of just like, this is this is where they roll their eyes at me. It's like not just you know like you have to do homework, but you get to do homework, and <laughs> you have to you have to do service. But like you you get to uh, to be charitable. You get to practice l- being loving. You know you get right. to you get to be a high school student. Like because you'll when you get to college, it's like man, I wish I could just be in high school again. So like enjoy being a high school student. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the different levels of pressure and. And how how easily we can measure ourselves and measure our worth, and th- and I think that's definitely the, the the culture that we need to fight is our world is is measured by what we do. What have we done lately? What have you produced? What have you? What does it say on paper? Um, and I think that's what's so hard, right? It's like, you, well, there are things you can measure. You can't measure how how uh, how loving someone is, or how present someone is, or how how important, you know, uh, someone is to just, to just be and to enjoy and, and, and the depth of relationship that's there. And I, I think I fall for that as, as a teacher is like, all right, you know, this kid hasn't done X, Y, or Z. So like, oh, wait, well, maybe something's going on or maybe the kind of conversation that we, I should be having with the student is not necessarily about school, but about something else. So like, you know, how do you kind of wear that, teacher authoritative hat but also you know still hopefully emulate christ the teacher in in that relationship as well um how are your seniors doing in the in the in the end here are they are they being a lot are you finding yourself having to like (laughs) force them into submission or what i guess i guess that's the ironic part right is that they are enjoying they are being they're not doing a lot <laughs> you know so like according to this like they are being marries and they have chosen the better part <laughs> uh, and so, their grades will reflect the do less be more yeah um right i don't know well a couple of weeks ago we had the the gospel of Mary and Martha pleading with with Jesus to come because their brother Lazarus was sick and I want to go to that because um, I think it's important for our conversation for specifically for Dallas um, because we've had um, several students, young people and alumni of our schools who have died in, in tragedy in the last year of the, at least over the course of this year. And um, I know Beth has had others as she's worked at, um, at Bishop Lynch for a long time, but I just want to talk about the role of a Catholic school um, when a community is mourning and, and what is it like, um, when a community is mourning to be a teacher who has planted seeds that, that you're not going to get to see come to fruition. We've talked a lot on this podcast about 
planting our planting seeds as teachers and getting to watch those grow and knowing that um, taking the long view means that, that we're not always going to get to see them come uh, to bloom. But usually we, we mean that to in that, you know, they will bloom long past our time um, once we're gone, many years after we're gone. But but here we have situations at both Joe's school and Beth's school where those will not bloom in the ways that we had hoped that they would because uh, life lives have been cut short. Um, so I'll just kind of kind of throw that out for y'all to chat a little bit about um, through the eyes of, you know, Martha and Mary uh, with Jesus mourning someone that they loved. And, and what does that look like for Catholic school? For us, it's always been not just the sense of, of the community, but the family that not, not even just like the school and we always talk about like we're a friar family and you're forever friars and and it doesn't matter like in life and death like you are a bishop lynch friar and um as as being you know members of that family even if you are you know if you have martha and mary um mourning their brother here i think that's just that kind of speaks to the fact that you know, we all, um, they are our brothers and sisters um, in Christ. And for us, we try to celebrate, you know, their life. And, you know, for some, things are left behind that, that will be constant reminders of, of them. And and it is, it is hard. Um, you were saying, right, that you, you don't get to see those seeds bloom. I think having been... Um, someone heavily involved in our senior retreat for so long where we've had a few students who have, you know, passed away before they ever became seniors at our school. That's always been a, a challenging, you know, way to kind of celebrate them but also realize, what well, like, they don't get to be here with us to experience mm-hmm. that. Um, and that, you know, it's, even as a retreat, planner um how do we choose to do that what's the best way um, for the family and for the classmates the friends the the boyfriend or girlfriend um, of that child um and i think you know recently the way we tried to um make sure that it was um done um for the family's wishes was that it, it really was just a celebration of life and for us to talk about, you know, who they were as people and what lessons that we can learn from how they lived so that we can continue to live um, as, as they would want us to continue on. And I think for for me that's been one, one of the, the blessings of being able to go through tragic loss in a Catholic school community um, has been that sense of, of, of being able to pray and and to celebrate mm-hmm. um, that together, what life is, as opposed to necessarily the death, because, right, um, with death is, is new life, and we have the resurrection, and here comes Holy Week. Yeah. It's just, it's been, it's been odd, I think, just the timing of, of certainly things this year, but um, I think that, that's been beneficial to me, and I, I also think, you know, as I'm thinking about even not the Lazarus reading, but the one I selected too, the way to keep your mind off of 
a loss is to do, 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 and go, go, go. And that's how some people deal with grief. Um, uh, but sometimes you, you, just, you just need to sit with it. And um, it's sometimes hard in the school setting when, as a, the teachers, as the adults, you're the ones who have to help with the students. Mm-hmm. And then you might forget, okay, well, now who's going to help us with, with the loss? Right um, and and the grief. So, um, yeah, it's been it's really it's just been yeah an interesting year in that regard. But I've been cleaning out my office and I I've kept prayer cards from every student that I've lost. And I just ran across like two of them because I moved offices and just this week I ran I found two of them and I I just needed to sit and have that moment. And, yeah. Remember, remember them. Yeah. So your community does, you're really involved in the liturgy in your community. Can you tell us about the liturgies that um, you've worked on this year with the students? I just think that um, it is such a gift um, to be at a Catholic school or to be at a, at a faith, uh, a school where faith is celebrated, to turn to faith. You know, that's like the automatic thing, um, you know, to turn to prayer, to turn. We need, you know, we're, we're, we're all about ritual and how, how can we, how do we grieve together? How do we celebrate together and what can help us to move forward and, and to find hope um, and not just, you know, see death as uh, this, the way, you know, popular culture or the world sees it as just this, you know, end and it's just so dark and sad but like no there's it's not the like you said beth it's it's doesn't have the final say and i mean me as a liturgy nerd and with holy week and my favorite hymn at easter is um one of those where one of the key lines is um where oh death is now your sting you know (laughs) and in a way of like you know death you you do not have the last word and and that there is life and there is resurrection and um, and the liturgy is done so well and, and, you know, you welcome, uh, the, the body in and, um, kind of have these reflections or these, um, what's the word, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of calling back to their baptism and, and immediately like, you know, time stops and for somehow you see this big picture of like, oh yeah, like <laughs> there's, there is uh life after death and, um, we're 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 commending uh this body the soul to to god and um there's something very beautiful in being able to do that together and mourn together and to celebrate together as a community um the uh which makes me think too um with what you were saying beth that um all all of this that we've had is it's never been death doesn't come at a convenient time. There's no convenient time. Like <laughs> there's, it's, it's, they've just been at the most inconvenient times in the sense that like, you know, wow, like what I'm doing right now does not matter at all because what I'm worried about with tests or papers or grading, like suddenly just the whole community stops and, and we kind of get a, a, a big dose of, of fresh air, hopefully of, all right, you know, why are we here? Why are we doing this? And, and, um, the, you know, going back to, you know, Mary and Martha and just, yeah, we're, I'm so focused on just doing and what's next, what's next. And, 
the same time, it's like, all right, the bigger picture here is, you know, we're trying to um, grow as men, as students, as grow as uh, beloved children of God and, and to make it home, to make it to heaven. So, um, you know, a gift to, to, in a way, you know, see and share in one another's suffering and grieving, but also um, to also kind of remind myself of like, oh yeah, like there's always hope and to get out of my little bubble and, and to see the bigger picture and to model that for my students. And like, yes, there's anger and there's, there's frustration and there's lots of questions with God and God, why, why is this suffering happening and why would you allow this to happen? But um, at the end, like for me, especially is this kind of chat set. I'm glad that I have a faith community and that our, my community, um, kind of points to that and guess it's a mystery we don't have all the answers but um we can always grow uh grow in our faith and grow in hope um and hopefully celebrate in that resurrection um and look forward to that especially that's a huge task to help young people make sense of of loss and suffering and um yeah because there are so many questions and there are there's so much hurt and you're already with young people and adolescents, especially dealing with dealing with their, their regular everyday questions, you know, and, and trying to figure okay. out the way, the way the world works and what is truth and who am I and all those big questions and to, to throw in the questions of life and death. That's, that can be really, really hard. And, um, it, I think to have those questions answered, well, not answered, but, but wrestled with really in the context of a faith community, um, is so edifying for young people. And I think that's why Catholic education is, is so important is to wrestle with those questions outside of the context of faith. I can't even imagine for myself trying to figure those things out outside of a, a faith context. And, um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we are an Easter people and hallelujah is our song. I mean, that's Pope John Paul II. And what more can you say except where, O oh, death is now your sting and, and we're an Easter people and, and this is not the end. This is not the last word. Okay. Well, those are heavy conversations, but heavy, heading into Holy Week, I mean, we're, we're, we're bringing those young people with us on this journey and knowing that Easter will mean resurrection and hopefully that their families will be celebrating Easter really, you know, with the confidence that they have brought their children along in the faith and they've entrusted them to God. And that's what they've been asked of in this, in their parenting. And so we just pray for all those families who have lost loved ones, especially these young people who have been entrusted to us. Well, Beth, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. It's awesome to talk to you. You've been a, an institution in Dallas Aid Face Advocates. And you, I'm like the grandma. You didn't, I did not say grandma. I said institution. No, you're our you're our patroness. You're our. It's you're like, the you're the constant. You're the constant. It's all. And whenever Thank we don't you. know what to do, we're like, well, what would Beth do? <laughs> what would Frau Burau do? <laughs> It's like find something free and fun. That's what Thank she you. would do. <laughs> Beth is the queen of yes, free and the fun. Frugal the frugal frau. Frau. The frugal frau. Free family fun. 
So yeah, that was my spring break because my my birthday I got all my free stuff. So that's, that's right. You you are like um, signed up on every yeah. email mm-hmm. list to get every free thing, and you and you got it. There you go. Yep. When you're on a budget, so I know, right? Um, but yeah. No, thank you, thank you so much for having me. It was it was nice talking to you and gave me some good time to to reflect and even thinking about just finding the gospel. That gave me my own little Mary moment. So good in my crazy Martha world. So. Well, if you ever want that book back, it's here for you. If you never need to finish it, <laughs> you can have it for as long as you want. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> That wraps up our episode for today. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Longview Podcast. If you enjoyed our conversation, be sure to subscribe on iTunes to be up to date on our latest episodes. Also, share our podcast with a friend, another teacher, an ace friend, your mom, anyone that you think would enjoy our conversation. Your reviews and comments on iTunes help us to show up in the search bar, so we always appreciate that. If you'd like to connect with us on social media, you can find us on Facebook at Dallas Ace Advocates, and we're also on Twitter at Dallas Advocates. We'll see you here next time on the Longview Podcast.